the presentation of the Department of uh, Sports, Arts and Culture on their APPs and budget. Um, we know the importance of this uh, department and its centrality in terms of bringing South Africans together and ensuring that there's, you know, there's mutual understanding of ourselves as people and as a country. Um, let's check on, is there any apologies for this meeting? Or let's check the agenda. Uh, is there any item that members would like to add on the agenda? Sorry. If there's none, is there, any, is there any mover for the adoption of this? Dongeni move the adoption. Dongeni moves the any second. Do two seconds. Who is seconding? Do two. Oh, Madam Dona seconds. Thanks a lot, Sis uh, N. Thanks a lot. Uh, no Tando. Recording in progress. Apologies. Uh, good morning, Chair. Good morning, honorable members and everyone present in the meeting. I've got two apologies, Chair. Uh, one apology is from the minister. Uh, he won't be able to join us today uh, because he's attending a cabinet meeting. And another apology is from the deputy minister. Uh, she won't be able to join us today due to the fact that she's traveling back to Joburg uh, from the funeral of uh, the Honorable, the Majesty King Sitao. Those are the two apologies I have, Chair. Thank you. Okay, Honorable those are the two apologies. Um, any comments from the members whether of the apologies or... Okay, in the absence of any comment, um, I'll suggest that uh, I know that we have a principle that we cannot continue with the meeting without the minister or the deputy being in the meeting, particularly if it's a, if it's a budget and the APP of the department, because the minister has signed his name to that and that there should be ownership of this program. Um, but we hear the apologies. Um, the DG is in the meeting. And uh, this is our last day, I'm told, uh, for, for committees. So for me, I'll urge members that let us give the DG a hearing and that uh, if there are some questions that could the DG will answer <coughs> and those that he cannot answer, we'll have to, uh, to call the minister to come and answer them uh, as we go. That is my suggestion on the members. We're under pressure in terms of the parliament's program. 
But if the house feels that we should send the department away, I'll still feel okay with that as the chairperson. It's over to you, members. All right. In the absence of any comment on this one. Chair. Uh, um, oh, Honorable Gillian, I see your hand. Sorry. Dongeni. And Dongeni. Honorable Gillian and then Honorable Dongeni. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, um, Chairperson. Um, allow me to not switch on my video. <laughs> because my network is very unstable because of the weather. Um, Chairperson, for me, I think we must, um, we must not um, accept that we continue with this meeting. Mm -hmm. If the minister is not available, um, where is the deputy minister? Is there an apology from the deputy minister as well? Um, forgive me, Chairperson, I'm still not well, but I want to participate in this meeting. But um, we can't do justice, Chairperson. And in the same committee, we've seen the Department of Higher Education back when the minister was also out of the country and the DM was preoccupied. So I don't think we must do, um, we must continue with the meeting because it means that we are getting the one department privilege of the other one. We must stick with the rules of parliament. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thanks, Honorable Gillian. Um, Honorable Dongeni. Thank you, Chair. Morning, everybody. Chair, I agree with Honorable Gillian because it's all <clears throat> departments. We must treat them equally. If there's no leadership, they must go because the leadership, they know that they're going to have a meeting at 10 o'clock today. So the apologies, I, I I'm not agree, especially in deputy minister, because they're supposed to stay somewhere and get to the meeting after that, fly to Cape Town or fly to Jobek, whatever. So this meeting mustn't carry on. Okay. Any other comment from the members? Chairperson, it's Honorable Christians. Uh, Honorable Christians. I just want to agree with the two previous speakers wholeheartedly that we cannot continue unless the accounting officers are in the meeting. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Lutuli. Thank you, Chairperson. I think the members have said it's all. It's a standing resolution that we took. So um, the meeting can I carry on without uh, the minister or the deputy minister. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, no, thanks a lot. Um, honorable members, this meeting will be, uh, I don't know how we're going to go around this one. Noltando, 
Is there any slot that we can get before the to deal with this matter for the presentation of the APP and the budget? Uh, today was supposed to be the last uh, meeting of the committee chair for this term. Mm, but I can check uh, if it's possible to maybe meet on Friday. Yeah, if it's Friday, let it be in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Honourable members, this, um, can we move to the next item on the agenda? Nolthando will work out their plan and then check if we cannot get another date, uh, maybe tomorrow, to be with the minister and the deputy or what, or at least one of them. Uh, yes, I've raised my hand. Chairperson, I've raised my hand. Chairperson, the program of the NCOP tomorrow is uh, seven hours, um, starting at half past nine. So very late. I don't think, Chairperson, that the, the minister and the deputy minister must see whether they can still join this meeting. Let's give them 20 minutes, and if they don't, then this meeting is off. The executive must, must, must really come to terms when they are um, called to the select committee. I don't think they must... Um, throw the program of the NCOP over. If they can check, if they can still be, if they can still join us in the next 20 minutes, let's then wait for them. If not, the meeting is off. We 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 can't let our program in the NCOP be thrown upside down. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, DG. You, can, you able, can you be able to check with the, the with the DM if you'll be able to join us? If the yes, deputy minister will be able to join us, and uh, in if we could assign somebody to check that, and then in the meantime we can we allow the DG to do the presentation. As we anticipate the the late the, the the connection the late connection by the minister, chairperson, let's yes. take a, let's take a twenty minutes break. We can't allow the department to continue with the presentation if the executive is not available. Okay, we've got issues on the agenda. We've got minutes of the last meeting. And what else do we have in old hand on our program apart from this presentation? It's a consideration and adoption of the budget vote report chair for budget vote 35, science and innovation. Yeah, and we have a pair of minutes. Yes, chair. One second. Yeah, okay. Uh, as the, <clears throat> the DG and the team at trying to locate the DM and checking if, if the DM would be able to join us. 
in the meantime, we can deal with those uh, internal matters, the, pro the, the program and the minutes. May you flood the minutes. Uh, DG? Yes, Chairperson, uh, I'm trying to get hold of the of the DM. I will then yeah, you'll give you. you'll give us feedback in the process. Um, yes, Thanks. Noltando, may you flight the minutes of the last meeting? That's minutes of the 8th of June. Thanks, Noltando. All remembers here the minutes of the 8th of June. Um, is there any comment on the minutes, corrections? And if there is none, can we move for adoption of the minutes as a reflection of the discussions that happened on the 8th. Dongeni moves for adoption of the records. Uh, any seconder? Please, second, sir. Oh, that, that, that. Thank, thanks a lot. Um, let's look at the, let's fly the committee report. Um, Honorable Chairperson. Hello? Honorable Chairperson, DG here. Hi, DG. Can I feedback that uh, the DM is going to try and uh, join um, in the meeting? Come, come again. Um, I was able to talk to the DM, and uh, she is uh, trying to join the meeting um, as, as we speak. You'll join the meeting? Yes, Chairperson. Uh, okay, thanks a lot. No, that's good to hear. So there's no crisis. Um, yes, the report, honorable members, um, report of the Select Committee on Education and Technology, Sports, Arts and Culture on budget vote 35, Science and Innovation. It is dated the 22nd of June. Uh, here's the report. We have had this one for quite some time. Uh, 
Go to the last page. Oh. Yeah. Yes, on the remember, says the report of the committee for your consideration. Um, any comments on the report? If none, any mover? Don't get any moves, any second Any second Am I missing something? Any second for consideration of this report? Yes, I can. Hello? Yes, in two seconds, the adoption of the report. Who is, who is seconding? It is in the capacity. Member Chubi. Oh, Member Chubi, thank you very much. Now, there's, uh, I think, I guess there's something wrong with my gadget. Eh? The, the sound is very. Um, Yeah, honorable members, I think we should, uh, I've just talked to the DG, said the, the DM will join us. I saw she was in the, on the platform and then she got kicked out. I don't know if she's in again, but... Um, I'm uh, back. I'm back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, DM. And Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank and thanks much. for respond and thanks for responding promptly to our to our request. Uh, we understood why you were delayed, and and yeah. we the apology was there where the minister is. May you just op- open this and give us the presentation of the department on the APP and the budget. Thank you You're very welcome. much. Yes, thank you very much, and good morning to the honourable members. My sincere apology for logging in late. I attended the funeral of the the king of Amam, of Amampondo yesterday, so I'm actually travelling between Amampondo and Amtata now to catch the flight to Joburg. That's why the network is not the best. So if I, I hope I'll be able to hold on at least up to the time that I am. I, I I can get to Mtata. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for allowing us uh, the delay that we have uh, caused to yourselves. Uh, the department is here to present the, the, the APP, the Annual Performance Program of the department, uh, led by the DG. And the DG will introduce the team that he is with and I will stay on the program so that I can assist with questions 
after the presentation, if there's any, hopefully, I will still be logged in at the time, Chair. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jim. Um, over to your team. DG, you can come in and, and introduce the team that you are with and do the presentation. No, thank you very much, uh, Deputy Minister. Um, and uh, good morning. And uh, good morning to the chairperson, as well as all the members of the select committee. Um, the team of the department is constituted of the DGs, um, all of them who are here present. The one for program one, uh, that is DDG Chikwatamba, and then uh, the one for program two, which is a DDG Khan. DDG program one is dealing with corporate services, and then program two is dealing with the recreation development and uh, sport promotion, and then program two is uh, arts, culture, promotion, uh, development. And that is uh, Dr. Kumalo. And, and then uh, the one for program four is heritage uh, preservation and promotion. And that is a uh, DDG Ndema. And then we've got um, Mtobi, um, as the advisor to the minister, as well as uh, the chief of staff, uh, Mr. JP Lowe. And then we've got um, from uh, the the DG's office, uh, we've got Ludwig, who will be sharing the presentation, as well as Nzimeni, uh, who is also part of, parcel of this meeting. From the planning team, we do have uh, Mr. Manasse, who is uh, currently the acting uh, uh, chief director uh, for monitoring and evaluation unit, and uh, is here with us. And then uh, chairperson, we then also have um, the CFO, and that is Mr. Mukwame, who is Israel Mukwame, who is uh, the CFO, and uh, is attending, I think, this meeting uh, for the first time since his appointment uh, in the department, uh, because he's not that uh, old being uh, with us, um, uh, Chairperson. And then um, I think we also have... Um, and then in the meeting, uh, also the colleagues who will then just assist us with the presentation as we share it now. So in a nutshell, Chairperson, um, we are uh, fully represented of the department's team. Uh, or oh, we've got also from the office of the, uh, the deputy minister and the, 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 the minister, uh, colleagues who are here present um, in the meeting. Um, that's uh, Simeon uh, Kanonu, who is a parliamentary liaison officer. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, the members uh, of the team uh, as constituted um, will then assist me as we go through the presentation and where necessary um, where we have to then uh, respond to the questions that would be raised. We are presenting the annual performance plan together with the presentation relating to the budget that is linked to the plan. 
uh, outline of the presentation, uh, Honorable Chairperson, is in a manner that says, firstly, what guides us. In other words, what it is that we use for our planning, the instruments for planning, which is the, the strategic plan of 2020-25, as well as then the anonymous performance plan. We then go to the what are the core outputs uh, in the 2022-23 annual performance plan. We then outline our national footprint as the government has got an approach which is called the district development model, one district, one plan approach. And then of course the budget breakdown. That is how our presentation has been structured. Under what guides our planning, we indicate the instruments uh, that we utilize first and foremost, where do we draw our mandate in regard to policy and legislation? And then we go to the breakdown of the planning process and instruments that guide that, as well as then the budgeting uh, process, which finances our strategy. Under policy, we consider constitution, as well as uh, policy regulations and all relevant laws. Of course, the most important one is the outline by the Honorable President on what exactly are the expected uh, deliverables under the SONA. And then, of course, uh, what do we have as international commitments as a country, and how does that relate to the Department of Sports and Culture? Under planning, we deal with the NDP, which is a common vision and, um, and a common uh, compact uh, that binds South Africans about the future outlook of South Africa, uh, and that then gives us the long-term plans. Under that, then, we've got also the medium-term strategy framework of 19, 2019 to 2024, uh, from which we derive our strategic plans. Those strategic plans then um, inform the annual budget and how do we prioritize on that which is critical for the particular year. Under finance, we are guided by the MTEC, which is a national budget process that guides us and that normally starts around July with the consultations of national treasury as well as then up to the time that we submit that budget uh, once the appropriations have been made. Honorable Chairperson, we then look at what our, our implementation plans, and that is where then the APP, operational plans, and program implementation plans are then developed. If we then look further, Chairperson, we then say, what are the government priorities Government has got seven priorities. Five of these are the ones that they deal directly with the, our work. Um, and then, of course, there is always a critical priority that cuts across, irrespective of which priority you're dealing with. And that is uh, in relation to women, youth, and people with disability. What are the five that we mainly directly affected? Of course, it's a capable ethical and developmental state the economic transformation and job creation, education, skills and health as we deal with the issues of academies. And then of course, the social cohesion and safe communities, which is an overarching direct responsibility of the department in which we have to lead as well as coordinate. And then of course, better Africa, better world as South Africa interacts with the world through sport, arts and culture initiatives.
We then have uh, what uh, we regard as updated government focus areas, which are mainly four. And these are assisting us in terms of uh, dealing with the current environment. As we, when we do the planning, we have to look at the context. And uh, if you look at the context and the current pressures, and the issue is that we need to ensure we have a stabilization post the COVID-19, as well as economic recovery. So to do this, we are manage, we are focusing on how do we manage the issue of the pandemic because it's going to be here with us. That is then in relation to interventions that the department have to make uh, in line with government programs, as well aware also about the biggest one being the issue of COVID-19 vaccination program that we have to support to ensure that this sector, which has been hardest hit, is able to get people back to their normality and allow the sector to go back to thrive um, as it should. Of course, then this is to also drive the economic recovery. And we have uh, programs that talk to the economic reconstruction and recovery plan as a department, but also then looking at uh, employment support and relief. As we know that uh, the challenge of unemployment is huge. And uh, also this sector was not spared uh, during particularly the height of COVID-19. And therefore then we had to have intervention that support uh, employment uh, opportunities. And we are fortunate that uh, this area government has uh, made sure that we are also covered with the PSP. And then of course, the last one area is enhanced state capability for delivery of services. <coughs> Sorry, Chairperson. The department here, we're dealing with uh, ours, we've got 27 entities uh, that fall under us, uh, not necessarily SOEs, but those are the ones that we work with as a, an extension of implementation of our mandate. Uh, of course, the issues of creating a capable state becomes quite critical. And if we then look at the strategic plan, <coughs> sorry, Chairperson, and we then start and say in our strategic plan, we start by outlining the mandate of the department guided by the constitution. And then in a nutshell, key sections of the constitution that you respond to in terms of freedom of expression, which is 16 subsection one, as well as the issue of say, section 30 that talks to language and culture. The emphasis there being that everyone has a right to use the language and participate in the cultural life of their choice, but that no one exercising these rights may do so in a manner inconsistent with the Bill of Rights. And I think this is covered also in relation to the limitation that are coming in terms of Section 36 of the Constitution, that we do not abuse our rights as guided by the Bill of Rights. Then the second one is we provide um, uh, archival and library services. This is about access to information. Then chairperson, the vision um, that was then created after the amalgamation of the department, uh, of the two departments, was that uh, we have seen a nation that is highly active, but also is a creative nation and most importantly, a winning nation that is socially cohesive. That is our clear vision. 
How we plan to do that is to provide an enabling environment as well as um, for the sport, arts and culture sector, uh, while fostering an active, creative winning and social cohesive nation. Into achieving then this mission itself, we believe that we'll be able to develop, transform, preserve, promote, but also protect sport, arts and culture. So that is our mission. Honorable Chairperson, any organization then without values has no soul. It's much point that way our actions and our behavior and our disposition is guided by values. There are seven values we have identified. The biggest one that we regard as an overarching with its own key values is about Batupili, as well as then equality, where everyone should be treated equally. Innovation as a creative sector that we should be able to have an innovative uh, culture. And, 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 and therefore then those value must be achieved in that regard. Responsiveness, our capacity to respond and react, which is also part of the component of Batupili. Uh, so that we are able to give feedback to the clientele we serve, uh, serving with integrity and professionalism, as well as be able to account for the, what we do as we are funded by the taxpayer. What is our storyline? is covered in four areas. We firstly say, what are the government priorities? And then what impact are we likely to make? And uh, in this impact that we want, what then should we prioritize as key outcomes? And to achieve these outcomes, what should we be able to do to enable us to achieve them? So the enabling outcomes are quite clear. Under government priorities, as I've indicated, the main five, but then we also took into account the issue of infrastructure development, particularly when we talk about transformation of the heritage landscape, as well as in terms of the sport infrastructure. And that is why we've got the special integration, human settlement and local government as we work with them. And then of course, uh, the impact we want is that of a transformed, active, creative and winning nation. And then um, the priority outcomes that we want is market access and share, and well as creating opportunities in sport, culture, and creative industries, as well as having a diverse yet socially cohesive society with a common national identity. And uh, therefore then to do that, what will be the enablers is that uh, this sector must be highly transformed, capable, as well as be very professional. And then of course, it has to be having integrated and accessible infrastructure in which all of the South Africans can be able to access and participate in the activities and the life of our country. But of course, also you need to be compliant as well as responsive to the needs of the sector. So Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, when we then looked at that, we then said, let us take you through the measuring of these outcomes. How will we know that we are there? We looked at various instruments of research, uh, both we're doing everything we can to be evidence-based. And that is why we've got what we call a South African cultural observatory. But here we're using various instruments that we have indicated, 
that he will be able to tell us five years later how far have we moved uh, in achieving the change we want. As we said, our storyline talks to the impact. So we looked at the Cultural Creative Industries Growth Index, where the baseline is 4.9%, that uh, we should be able to say later we have uh, moved, at least when we do this measurement again, at least we're at 5%, as well as if we look at the exports of cultural goods and services, how have we dealt with the trade deficit so that there is more exports rather than imports of cultural goods as well as port economy and returns. And therefore then from 0.45%, we said we're looking at a 6%. And then GDP contribution attributable to the private formal cultural productions, we are looking at 2%. And then number of people employed in the cultural creative industry, that this will increase from 2.5 to 4%. And we will share with you, because at this stage, if we look at the overall direct and indirect jobs in the sector, it's about a million. And therefore, then we're saying that this must be higher and, and be at at least 4% of the total employment in the country. And then, of course, the issue of the BE, triple BEA procurement spending, and that um, we should be always never be less than 70%. We are not aiming to be less than 78. That is what we are able to achieve. But we are just saying that as per the baseline that we government have said that 70% is a target, uh, we will continue to thrive to achieve higher than that particular target as we have done with the baseline of 78%. Then, of course, employment equity. These targets are the minimum expected. The higher percentage equity which is quite favorable. And we are looking here to say we should be able, government have set a target of 50-50, and and we believe that we should be able to get 50% or more. Currently, we are at 45% at senior management level, as well as at 2.1% for people with disability. And we target that we should never be below what government have said in terms of 2% and above for people with disability. Chairperson, um, also what is it that is of interest to the department as an indicator is a pride in being South African and uh, that individually how to install this sense of patriotism and commitment to our country is that um, when the baseline was done, we did 3% and uh, now we are targeting that uh, five years later, we should be at 90%, um, at least 90% of South Africans feeling that they are proudly South Africans. And then the issue of race relations, which continues to bedevil the country as racism from time to time in various platforms and noise will raise its ugly head, is that um, um, these relations must improve from 42% and be at 60% at least. And then the social cohesion index move from 61 to 70%. And then, of course, citizens who show a strong devotion to their country and have no intention to leave or abandon their own country move from 82% to 95%. So, Chairperson, these are just the measuring of outcomes that we're saying, how will we know we will be there? The last three are really just talking to then the outcome on how will we see that we have transformed the sector
And uh, we are indicating here that uh, arts culture sector should be properly organized with councils under the banner of CIFSA, but also that uh, they will be improved uh, in terms of the outlook of our nation's uh, performance at uh, the international stage uh, in terms of medal status that we want, but also that uh, the councils are uh, not afraid under the CIFA and that the total number for 2020 Olympic Paralympic medals um, will be then uh, improved as we go to the Olympics. And then we look at the issue of uh, an increase in number of uh, medals at least by 10. So that is uh, then uh, in relation to the transformed um, uh, outcomes that we want. And then of course, integrated and accessible infrastructure as we know that uh, there is always an outcry about our lack of infrastructure and therefore inability to produce um, a clear pipeline uh, in terms of uh, athletes we want and even in the creative sector is that then the number of sport and recreation facilities that are compliant with number standards uh, currently the baseline on those that we built and other than 37 that we should buy in five years later, be at least 175. And then, of course, compliant and responsive governance that we have and clean audit is our intention and moving away from the unqualified audit. So what is our annual performance plan looking like? And the performance plan, uh, chairperson part A, I have spoken to the mandate. If we can just move forward, this mandate is then informed by these laws. I don't think I need to read all of them, but they are just we are just outlining them. And then what are the bills and regulations? The bills that are currently being dealt with. Uh, can you just go back to the bills? The bills that are need to be enacted into law the National Sport and Recreation Amendment Bill, the South African Institute for Drug-Free Sport Amendment Bill, as well as the South African Geographical Name Council Bill. And then the regulations are, are being stated down there, and, and they are currently as amended and being implemented. I was just emphasizing the bills, because bills have to become law for us to be able to have a sound legislative basis in execution of our mandate. And about chairperson, um, we do have a revised white paper on arts, culture, and heritage, um, which was endorsed by parliament, and well as then the white paper on sport and recreation for the public of South Africa, the one that we are talking about, it being revised now under the bill. Then chairperson policies, it's a number of uh, frameworks that we are using in relation to policies uh, that guide our work, and then uh, are listed as indicated um, on, on, on the slide 22. All right, Chairperson, then we also continue to say, we cannot always disregard the issues of what court rulings are saying, because we then have to inform our policy back review and see whether there's a need for improvements and uh, there were cases relating to SARA, um, which was taken through the public protector. And then after that, there was an out of court settlement and then that was made into act. And then, then it indicated the issues and gaps that we needed to address in our policy framework. And we subsequently had to revise the policies 
so that we are able to close the gaps on the MGE funding issues. Of course, also then um, uh, that um, uh, we just look at any act or court that might have implications on our work and our policies, and then we respond accordingly. Of course, Chairperson, part B of our strategic plan then looks at the situation analysis. I will not uh, go into detail, but just to indicate that uh, we then had to adapt to a number of key challenges we have faced as we develop this. COVID-19 is an obvious one. The issues of the level of vaccination to reach the national immunity for the population at 70%, and that is why we're driving that campaign of a hashtag, it's in your hands, uh, vaccinate. Uh, and then uh, we'll be able to return to sport and our events. And then, of course, uh, the context that requires acceleration of economic recovery, as well as support of the sport and recreation bodies. And, of course, the issue of return to play, and but it's a return on uh, international cooperation. Uh, we know that the geopolitical environment is dynamic and fluid, uh, as we even now dealing with issues of Ukraine and, and, uh, and the Russian impact, uh, we need to then to see how to adapt, how do we create new economic opportunities for South African arts and sport, um, so that we have uh, those uh, relations uh, where we can enter into what we call the MOUs with different countries to advance sport, arts and culture, but also create opportunities for our sector. So uh, issue biggest one, uh, the twin pandemic of uh, gender-based violence and femicide and how we respond to that. And hence we have an integrated program that deals with this issue. Then the cross-cutting areas of youth, women and persons with disabilities, fighting corruption and ensure that there is clean governance and that our development is not tainted by any corrupt activities and how do we deal with this creating awareness but also looking at internal controls that will help us prevent activities of corruption or minimize opportunities for such. Of course, then the ministry will determine what are the areas of priorities that we need to also pay attention to so that we do not have a re-mirror view only later, but we're able to get guidance from the executive. So that is what uh, we took into account when we dealt with the situation and analysis. And of course, the SONA, uh, on them, and then the fact that uh, the sport uh, uh, departments, the two departments were merged, and uh, today we are busy with the organizational review to have the appropriate structure that responds to our strategy that we are presenting here today. If we move further, Chairperson, we look at then the outcomes, uh, the key outcomes uh, that we are dealing with. Uh, the first one is uh, what I mentioned earlier. We look at the government priority, and it said economic transformation and job creation, better Africa and world. In this regard, then we derive our outcome, which talks to increase market share and, and job opportunities created in our sector of sport, cultural, and creative industries. We said then uh, through this APP, the interventions will include an enabling environment uh, in relation to the frameworks will be guided by research in our interventions so that we are evidence-based and we are able to do scientific analysis and targeted interventions. Mm-hmm. 
in both how we fund and regulate the sector. But also then we said we will be able to support a range of cultural and creative sector initiatives that will promote the diverse creative industries. We also said we will then have the expansion in new and traditional creative industry markets, cultural diversity, as well as heritage, and increased economic participation by those who were historically disadvantaged um, through the apartheid system at the time. Then, of course, why will we know that uh, these are the results? The results should be research outcomes, intellectual property development, integrated funding model, as well as the cultural creative industries master plan that will be then linked to research uh, intervention. And then in terms of the outputs related to the support to the sector, we said we should be able to produce films and documentaries, implement flagship programs, as well as uh, cultural and sport events, be able to support emerging creatives program, and we've got visual artists through the Art Bank, as well as the name National Orchestra, Mzansi Golden Economy, and Public Art, and will be some of the outputs. Under the expansion of the traditional uh, creative markets, uh, we are seeing that uh, we'll have market, pro- uh, market access programs, including the issues of foreign venture, as uh, well as multilateral engagements, bilateral engagements, uh, these are concretely expressed, uh, for example, when we say we've got cultural seasons where South African creatives go out of the country to perform, as well as get the other countries to come and uh, perform in South Africa. Of course, then economic participation is that we must ensure that there is job creation, targeted procurement spend in line with the triple um guidelines. Chairperson, if we move to the second government priority that will respond to social cohesion and safe communities, what is outcome that a DSAC has to achieve is a diverse social cohesive society with a common national identity. Hence, we've got a very big program called the hashtag I'm the flag, and therefore then check my identity to be South African for the flag and the national symbols represent who we are. What interventions are we going to have? is that uh, programs that will increase awareness on the charter of positive values and national symbols, as well as equalizing opportunities, inclusion and redress. And then also the intervention will be about increased in interaction across space, race and class. And that is by facilitating opportunities for people. Here at Jefferson, we talk of the moral regeneration movement programs that will be implemented as well as on the flag campaign, for instance, and promotion of national symbols. Under the equalizing opportunities, we're looking at transformation in sport and recreation, and we are guided here mainly by the tool produced by the EPG, which is the Eminent Persons People. That group assists us then in terms of giving us a sense of whether there is transformation in sport and uh, what do we need to do and which areas are lacking. And then, of course, uh, target groups, uh, social compact, gender-based violence and femicide, and anti-gender-based violence and femicide programs. We do have also what we call living human treasures 
where we do the decoding of information, get it documented from those who have been there, who have been the trendsetters in the field of arts and culture and heritage, so that um, should any inevitability of them passing on, we do not lose the knowledge uh, that they have. We call that a documentation of the living human treasures, and we make publications. Of course, interaction by South Africans through national days, among others, advocacy platforms on social cohesion, as well as community conversations, but also having youth focus as programs, international cultural seasons. We also look at sport and recreation promotion campaigns and events, uh, like the mass participation programs uh, that we have as, as a department. Of course, the needs and visas are a given. Uh, led by our ministry, uh, both the minister and the DM. The next one is education and skills uh, uh, and health uh, government priority. Uh, the department then intervenes um, in terms of seeking to have a transformed, capable, and professional sport, arts, and culture sector. What interventions do we make? Is that we have an uh, increased awareness of South Africa the sport, arts, and culture offerings, as well as opportunities. We also have capacity building in the sector. We then also intervene through the practitioners, uh, achieve ensuring that practitioners achieve success at international events, but also have capacity, have to capacitate, uh, organize, and professionalize the sector. Now, under the outputs, when we say increased awareness on the opportunities available, we conduct uh, promotional campaigns. And then for capacity building, we've got various academies. We place artists in schools. We do have um, bursary programs. We've got incubator programs, as well as various capacity building programs. Then on the issue of the uh, practitioners um, uh, achieving a success international events. We've got high performance uh, athletes program in which we support the athletes. We look at the uh, development of talented athletes and we find those programs was also providing scientific support services to these athletes, as well as then government support on anti-doping to the anti-doping agency. Chairperson, we also then have uh, in terms of uh, organizing the sector, and we also had to provide a relief and or through COVID-19 programs that we had, but also to support the national federations as well as the sector support that was provided and to ensure that also we provide sports uh, equipment and attire to both the clubs and the hubs and the schools, uh, particularly when we open the new courts. And then under special integration, human settlement, and local government, uh, our output as a department then is to build what we call integrated and accessible infrastructure, as well ensure that there is access to information. The interventions under access to in, in, in its, its provision of access to information, and we do this um, uh, through um, promotion of official languages in line with the Act. And then we have also records that we get digitized. We always have at least a target of our 32 libraries per annum. 
uh, that uh, get uh, funded or financially supported to people. And then we've got uh, the national archives that has to be managed so that people can be able to do research and all other related work to access information. Then human language technology projects uh, where we create and assist in developing terminologies uh, that are related to the languages that were previously disadvantaged so that no one can say my child cannot learn maths because there is no utility value uh, in this thing. They can't even write uh, any maths in any uh, at their metric level. And that is why we've got partnership with basic education and the pilot that is being done in Eastern Cape, which is highly welcomed, but also the bursaries that we provide to universities to support the issues of uh, language uh, development, particularly of the previous languages. Then we've got uh, the Archives uh, Awareness Week, as well as the Indigenous Knowledge Systems. Again, here is to make sure that the African knowledge systems I find their rightful place and are not subjected to be inferior to the Western knowledge systems. Then, of course, there's other infrastructure, there's sport, arts, culture, uh, infrastructure programs. Here we talk about national heritage legacy facilities, the resistance and liberation heritage road sites, uh, three per province that are being uh, uh, developed, as well as then the sport infrastructure projects, outdoor gyms and play parks that we built. And then, of course, we also do multi-purpose uh, uh, hubs and that we develop um, in the various provinces, in the local municipalities in particular. A government priority talking to capable ethical and developmental state. Here, Jefferson, we said then what is our response? And our response is about compliance as well as responsiveness. And the interventions will deal with the issues of firstly, performance and financial oversight, uh, both internally as well as in our entities. And the output will be that we will have a proper planning uh, that will be done and produce strategic as well as annual performance plan and reporting, which will be done monthly, quarterly, and annually in the monitoring reports, as well as uh, do everything we can to prevent irregular, unauthorized, and fruitless wasteful expenditures, and then have, as I indicated earlier, a, an improved audit outcome and eventually be able to achieve a clean audit. And therefore then, Jefferson, under the capacity human resources, without skills, you cannot develop, your sector can't be professional. And therefore it is important that we've got intention programs that look internally to also help the young people who are unemployed and taken at least at 5% of our staff. And then of course, human resource planning, as well as recruitment and selection to get the right people with the right skills and attitude uh, placed and appointed at the right positions. And then manage the vacancy rate as a per government, which we should be at 10%. And then we have employment equity, as well as implement consequence management and all the rest that is indicated there, Chair. And then, of course, integrated stakeholder management, where we have the cluster coordination, participation in the forums. All these, Chairperson, fall under mainly program, really one, where we have to deal with the issue of the governance. And then, of course, strengthen public entity oversight mechanism, where we have the declaration of the PE Opera House, 
but also the minister signs shareholder compacts uh, with the chairpersons of the entities and then have uh, the boards that are fully constituted but also functional and then conduct oversight visits and then we've got a big program related to amalgamation of the entities as per the revised white paper of course service delivery we committed to have improved turnaround times for payment of invoices within 30 days improve service delivery and also conduct citizen satisfaction index as well as modernize our systems to respond to the demands of the new skills for the new age, particularly post-COVID. Of course, having a secured uh, policy in relation then also to improve the proper way of dealing with SCM processes with proper controls. Finally, Chairperson, in part C, we are just indicating here um, what exactly do we want to do per program. We outline what each program does and then we indicate the targets there. So under program one, which is administration led by the DDG corporate services, we have uh, the following indicators. And uh, that is uh, the intense, as I have spoken to this, that we have to always make sure uh, we have at least 5% of them within our staff, uh, uh, as our staff establishment. Of course, uh, then uh, two, modernize services as well as then the awareness campaigns for SMBs at nine and then invoices at hundred percent within 30 days those that are valid invoices as well as all councils should be fully constituted and functional and program two chairperson is the one that has got three sub programs winning nation active nation infrastructure support this program deals mainly with the issues of mass participation opportunities that we create but also the development of elite best athletes as well as the regulation and maintenance of facilities and that is why then we've got these three sub programs winning nation talks to the elite athletes and support given to them and then the active nation talks to the issue of mass participation opportunities infrastructure support cuts across for both sport as well as in particular heritage and then also that we do provide technical support to the construction repair and renovation of buildings and to public entities and institutions Chairperson, the targets are broken down as as, as follows uh, the number of athletes that are to be supported, 80 in this year, and then the number of athletes supported by sport academies, target is 3,700, and the national federations are meeting 50% or more of all prescribed charter uh, transformation targets is at 89.5%, and then we are saying that number of people actively participating in organized sport at least 315,000 people, and then number of sport and recreation campaigns and events implemented, eight, and then the number of schools, hubs, clubs, that are given equipment and attire at 2,500, and then number of learners in the national school sport championship per year at 5,000, and then number of learners participating at district school sport tournaments at 75,000, the number of municipalities provided with technical 
or management support during construction. Chairperson here, maybe just to give the context, this is in relation to the MIG, as we provided that, uh, um, that COCTA provides uh, uh, that um, money uh, to ensure that uh, then it is used for purposes that it is intended and that the infrastructure developed is in terms of uh, acceptable norms and standards. And therefore, then we do provide this technical uh, support uh, and monitor that those get uh, done. The number of community outdoor gyms and children's play uh, parks uh, that are constructed at 10, and then the number of heritage legacy facilities, or including the resistance and liberation road is at three. The, the third program, uh, which is program three, is uh, the promotion and, and development of arts, culture, and languages, as well as implement the national social cohesion strategy. Honorable Chairperson here, we're talking of our sub-programs as national language services, but also the cultural and creative industries development, which supports the creatives in terms of uh, the implementation of their development programs. So we provide the necessary support to them and we support sector organizations programs and provide training to arts and culture practitioners. The next uh, one is uh, international cooperation. Uh, this also then helps us in building a continental and international relations, what others call soft diplomacy through arts, culture, sport. And then, of course, social cohesion and nation building. As I indicated, the national social cohesion strategy um, so that we bring the groups together and, and we utilize the platforms such as schools and we get it working with basic education to ensure that this particular area of teaching is not treated as an extracurricular, but as part of the core curricular at the schools. Uh, and that is why we talk of mainstreaming uh, this uh, particular subject. And then, of course, we also look at a coordination of priority six, which is social cohesion and safer communities and report to cabinet. Then, of course, the last one is Mzazi Golden Opportunity and Economy, uh, which creates huge opportunities uh, in the relation to economy as well as employment for the creatives. And then it got various um, programs, but its main objectives are four. Is that of developing audiences, stimulating demand for cultural products, increase market access, as well as develop schools. And that's why academies are funded through the MGE. Then the department also then transfers the funds to National Film and Video Foundation uh, to support the development of skills and local content and marketing South African films, audiovisual, as well as digital media and industry. So their targets, Chairperson, are mainly the following. The issue of the multi-human language technology project supported at six, and then the issue of translation of any document or editing from the different sectors of society, as well as different government departments, everything we receive, we must be able to translate and 
800%. Bazaris, here we're talking about the language practitioners, particularly of the previously um, marginalized languages. And then that uh, we provide 250 bazaris, we target 250 bazaris uh, to the language practitioners and working with the universities. And then of course, uh, access to international market platforms, we're targeting 15. And then the issue of the building uh, capacity building programs at 22, we're then hoping that uh, the number of provincial arts development programs implemented will provide support uh, to nine, it's one per province, which then has got sub-programs uh, from those uh, community arts centers. And then of course, the youth focus programs uh, that we're looking at at four. And then number of gender-based uh, violence and femicide projects uh, that will be financially supported at three. And then the number of international engagements coordinated at 20, and the number of moral regeneration projects supported by government at five. And then number of community conversations uh, in, in promoting social cohesion and nation building at 20, the number of advocacy platforms on social cohesion implemented by the social cohesion advocates at 20, and the number of uh, monitoring reports on the social compact uh, for social cohesion and nation building at two, and then the number of projects through which target groups are supported at eight, and then the number of national day celebrations held. As we all know, we've got uh, six national days in this country, and we make sure that uh, they are all celebrated as a department, the direct responsibility we have. Number of projects uh, in the creative industry supported through Mzansi Golden Economy, it is at 67. And then number of artists placed in schools per year, we target 300. And then the SACO reports, as we have a research agenda, is that they must give us 16 reports per annum. Then the number of films and documentaries which tell uh, our stories, particularly of history of liberation, cultural and heritage importance at 10. The last program, Jefferson, is program four. And this program deals with our heritage promotion and its preservation. It has got the following components. It deals with the issues of the South African heritage landscape issues. It deals with issues of archives and the heraldic heritage as well as oversee and transfer funds in the in relation to the libraries. This program then heritage promotion is mainly really to look at the range of heritage initiatives that we have to undertake. In particular, if you look at the transformation of the heritage landscape, we're looking at how best we can conceptualize legacy projects and that talk to our heritage but also how do we support heritage uh, institutions through funding. And those would be museums, the National Heritage Council, the South African Heritage Resources Agency, but also documenting South Africa's indigenous knowledge, but also the maintenance of the, the rule of heraldry, which talks to our main national symbol, as well as then, of course, the registers symbols uh, that might come through that are required but have to be assessed and assessed before they can be registered as national symbols. Popularize national symbols and coordinate the issue of 
National Orders Awards Ceremony, uh, working with the presidency. Uh, when there's outstanding South Africans and those um, people who were friends of South Africa and are being honored through the national orders. And then National Archive Services, it's about acquiring, preserving and managing and also ensuring that the records are accessible. And those are records that have got what we regard as enduring value. In other words, they are records that must be kept for future generations to know who we are and what has happened in this country. Public library services, access to information, this is important. We receive what we call conditional grants and we'll give the breakdown. But also then we have to provide sector services to the South African Geographical Names Council. And this is an advisory body that deals with issues of name changes. And and so that we are able to say that these places' names must change, as we know the famous one of uh, Makanda and Khmer. Honorable Chairperson, the targets is the number of uh, students awarded with heritage bursaries uh, because we need the skills here uh, because they are very scarce. In fact, sometimes we have to rely on international experts to be able to have this. We have to build our own and make our own, build our own timber to make our own furniture. And we need these uh, skills. And therefore, 45 um, students get these bursaries. Then, as we indicated, the number of living human treasures published, uh, we're targeting five. And then the number of uh, awareness activations on I am the flag campaign at 20. And then the number of flags provided to schools because this is now a maintenance program, as we've done all the schools, we are then targeting that should you need a replacement, at least we are able to provide you uh, immediately with that. And we're targeting 100 um, replacements per annum to the schools. And then, of course, number of workshops hosted to advance national symbols, 10, number of heritage legacy projects where exhibition content is developed at three, number of progress reports on resistance, and liberation heritage route sites received and analyzed at two. The reason we're talking about reports here is because the implementation and development is a responsibility of province and each province is allocated three liberation heritage sites and that they had to then deal with. And then we provide financial support through the National Heritage Council. And then of course, the number of records to be digitized at 240. And the library is financially supported by annum at 29. And then the number of gazette notices on the standardized geographical names to be published at three per annum. Honorable Chairperson, the issue of GPVF is a reality. And our women and children in this country are facing this um, challenge almost every day, if not almost every hour. And that is why then the department, in response to the president's call on what should be the government's response to fight GPVF, the government has got a program that is regarded as an integrated program to respond to this scourge. And then South Africa, we are saying we continue to be immersed in fighting this crisis. We then have um, uh, this compounded by the issue of COVID-19 
and therefore then uh, we've continued to see this increasing. So if we look at the next slide, then on how we have responded, uh, we are indicating here, Chairperson, uh, that um, at an administration level, provincial communities and others are conducted to discourage harmful cultural practices. As we know that sometimes culture is used, uh, is abused um, uh, for the benefit of uh, particularly men who think that uh, they can use culture as an instrument to torture and abuse women. And therefore then we encourage, we encourage these endeavors to deal with these uh, harmful practices. Then recreation, uh, development and sport recreation, we create platforms working with love life, as well as a sport, uh, social, a sport for social change, as well as a um, minister's initiative here has been about the issue of sports ambassadors uh, that have been also identified to assist in this regard, as well as safeguarding in sport policy and the women and sport policy uh, that we are busy finalizing. Under the arts and culture promotion uh, development branch, we have social cohesion, conducting co so community conversations uh, with the topical um, issue being to discuss this, uh, this uh, sketch. But also we've got what we call Bakawe Fazi campaign um, where we've got uh, the survivors uh, and the champions who come and be able to address in various um, uh, provinces uh, this issue, uh, telling how they survived and empowering those who are there, encouraging them also those who might be just facing this on how to deal with this and get out of such relations. And then Silapa Wellness, which supports the creatives in terms of, as we know, we have been uh, facing a challenge of losing lives. And then you find that uh, uh, there will come some of the creatives in particular level of committing suicides. And this program uh, provides almost four key areas on supporting them. Of course, in issues of dealing with uh, uh, financial support and financial skills, but also looking at dealing with the issues of uh, financial management and the uh, legal issues that they have to cope with. We know that sometimes they sign contracts that are to their disadvantage and they lose and don't own their own talents. Uh, but also then this program looks at uh, capacitating uh, and providing a um, lifestyle so that uh, they can be able to know how to manage their lifestyle because there is a lot of pressure and cutthroat business uh, that they face in this area. So Silapa Wellness Program really is a psychosocial, financial, um, emotional support to the creatives and athletes. Kulikane is where we've got the men and young uh, and boys uh, talking to each other, engaging so that we deal with proper socialization of a boy child, not to become a future abuser. And that is where we are able to bring them together. But this campaign has been even expanded to have also men and women talking to each other around this issue. And that is why it says Kulikane, which says enough is enough. Let us end this now and not have it transmitted to our young boys. Translation of GPVF messages into other languages. Heritage and promotion through legacy projects, 
we try to have a balance here so that our history does not only talk to the men's heroics, but also documents enable to reflect contribution of women in South Africa's struggle for liberation struggle, but also in terms of women's contribution overall for South Africa's development. And therefore then we need to immortalize works of such women. One of such programs is the Sarah Bartman Center of Remembrance. Honorable Chairperson, I think I will end there because of time. I have made the case uh, in relation to this. We also then outline in our APP the focus group targets uh, that we have and uh, the, what are we doing around that. If the chairperson allows, uh, uh, time still allows, we can then just outline these target groups in terms of youth and what are the programs we're doing. Otherwise, uh, we can move then uh, to allow the budget to be presented. I can be guided by the chairperson in terms of time. Uh, my apologies, honorable members. Uh, the chairperson has lost connection. Uh, there's not there's no network where he was, so he is trying to drive around looking for a connection. And he asked that I request one of the members to chair the meeting in the meantime. Honorable Kilian, are you there? Hello. Okay, nothing. Member Dongeni, please, Chairman. I'm not feeling well. Okay. Do you hear me, ne? Yes, we can hear you. Honorable. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, Titi. Well, 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 well. You said you want to wrap up, ne? Yes, uh, yes, uh, because I just Let wanted to. You, can I give you six minutes? No, thanks very much. I will be done and then I will hand over to the CFO chairperson uh, who will take us through the budget. Okay. And, Yes. No, thanks very much. Uh, we then uh, also looked at our APP, uh, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, looked at the issue of uh, the cross-cutting um, target groups uh, and where our interventions should be. In here, we looked at the seven APEX priorities, and then we said, how do we respond to the cross-cutting priorities uh, that need to be mainstreamed? into all of our programs as a department. In this regard, Jefferson, I will ask that we go to youth just to get a, a, give a highlight of what we do there. If we go to the next slide. And then there we will continue to support youth focused programs and create access um, uh, to promote participation of young people. And therefore then we collaborate with the Department of Basic Education to implement our sport, arts, culture, 
programs through arts education and training, artists in schools, uh, as well as school sport, indigenous games, uh, that target mainly the youth, but also in terms of mass participation uh, in sport, uh, with the development a conditional grant target young people in school sport, club development, and community sport programs. If we look further, we do have programs that create jobs uh, for the young people, as well as um, we do provide funding in terms of the arts. Uh, particularly, we work with uh, BASA here, a bank, a bank and arts uh, uh, South Africa, where we are really looking at how to support youth and, and provide the budget for them. But also we've got Young Patriots program uh, that uh, caters for youth. Uh, so that uh, these uh, young people are able to promote, uh, particularly the national and um, the national symbols uh, program, but also roped in now to deal with issues of GBV. But also then for women, if we look at that program, we also have a uh, focus programs that support and um, programs that are done by women in sport as well as women in art. Um, and those programs that Chairperson here is targeting women and girls and in the mainstreaming of the programs. These um, codes, uh, such as rugby, football, and cricket, we only provide funding for them uh, for the school sport and women participation. And that is ring fenced, and they have to account how have they used that budget to promote participation of women, uh, particularly also promoting. Uh, for instance, Banyana uh, Banyana and, and the, the league that we said we are providing funding for. So the department will continue then to support the women's uh, football league uh, over a three period and we provide that. But also in terms of recognition, we've got the G-Sport <laughs> Trust that we work with to make sure that we recognize women achievement. It's just a, a reward um, event that just recognizes women uh, athletes. And then in terms of uh, research um, and the baseline that we do, uh, we have looked at the Sports Federation's commitment to women and they also be informed by the EPG report uh, that tells us the inclusion of women, whether it is at a level of coaching or it is at a level of um, management. Uh, we look at that and the department have also then looked at those uh, research a baseline start that was done and uh, informed the women and sport policy. And then, of course, we also have the transformation, uh, transforming the world of work for women and ensuring their inclusion in the mainstream economic activities. Uh, here we look at how we can best target areas of inequality um, in the labor force participation and entrepreneurship, as well as the areas of equal work uh, for equal value. So if we look at that and dealing with patriarchal systems, uh, which remain a huge challenge and uh, forces women to remain on the periphery um, of sport as well as art. So those then are the programs that we look at and how we can deal with it. Persons with disability, uh, also we had to say, we must have uh, key programs uh, that look at that, both in terms of school sport but also in terms of the arts, um, where we have established a particular program that focuses on artists uh, with a disability, but also we've got an event 
where we, they've got their own special event, we care program in, in relation to this. But also focusing on the wheelchair and basketball, and as well as tennis. And uh, we do that in order to support the people who have, uh, who live, who persons with disabilities. Chairperson, the indicators that we then provide um, from the side of the public entities, if we just go further. And maybe here we just want to indicate, Chairperson, that the support about the library services conditional grant is to ensure that uh, for people with uh, who are partially uh, sighted, um, uh, we provide now uh, that uh, most of the libraries at this stage are able to provide easy access to information. Uh, there are equipment and instruments that we do provide, but also that most of the libraries are beginning to have at least the services to the people who are partially blind uh, be, and be able to then be assisted um, with the instruments that they can use to access information, not just to have this centered at uh, the library for the blind, but it's getting more and more decentralized uh, so that it can be accessible throughout the country. Uh, something that is an initiative uh, led by Library for the Blind, Chairperson. Uh, so if we look at the technical indicator and descriptors, um, I think we can move on that. We've been talking about it. Uh, what I would like just to indicate, Chairperson, is the DTM, because I know that the honorable members would always want to know what is happening in my province. So we thought it is important that we provide this uh, national footprint as well as project distribution. So if we go to the DTM uh, model, uh, and that will be our slide uh, 61 and 62, it's just an annexure chair where I don't have to talk much, but I know that the honorable members here have a vested interest, whether we are distributing resources and, uh, to all the provinces. So this is just a model of what we are doing based on our targets. So if you look at this, the department's project implementation in provinces, we then give you a breakdown. Just to indicate that green represents program two projects and how they are distributed. If you look at program three, it will be the projects related to ACPD. Then program four, uh, the color there is almost, uh, uh, what do I call this color? But uh, uh, that orange color is in relation to heritage projects. And then it indicates the total number of projects uh, and that will be brown. So you will see that um, if we look at the breakdown per projects, the province with the most projects is at 70, and then uh, and that would be Eastern Gate. And then if you look at uh, followed by Gauteng at 57, and then a KZN at 55, and then you have uh, then the distribution at, uh, 40, at uh, 36, which would be Northwest. And then uh, you will see that uh, at 34 would be Limpopo, and then at uh, 32 would be Western Cape. 
we try here just to indicate uh, what are these projects per Thank you. I give you six minutes, but you more than six minutes, and you are carrying on. I thought you were going to summarize. No, I am. I'm done, Chairperson. I, this I was just confirming how to read this uh, breakdown per province. Uh, that is all, my Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank Can I ask the budget to the CFO, Mr. Mkwame? With pleasure. Mr. Mkwame? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, morning, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, uh, DM, DDG, and DDG. Uh, I'll be presenting the departmental budget for 22-23. Uh, under administration, we have uh, 453 million. Uh, recreation and development and sports, uh, 1.4 uh, billion. And then as and culture promotion development, we've got 1.7 billion. And then heritage and promotion, uh, we have 2.6 billion. And uh, on overall, we have uh, uh, 6.3 billion. Uh, next slide. Uh, that is the breakdown of the, the departmental budget. Uh, inside the, the department, we've got about uh, 19% allocation, which is amount to 1.1 billion. And then outside, which is provinces, public entity, non-profit organization, uh, we've got about 79% of the 6.2 billion, which is around 4.9 billion. And that is the breakdown of programs, uh, program one, uh, is about 7%. Uh, sports uh, is about 23%. ACDP is about 28%. And then HPP is about 42%. Uh, next slide. And then if you go to your economic classification, uh, under composition of employees, we have budget of 376 million. And the goods and services is 632 million. And the current payments total is about 1 billion. And then if you go to transfer and subsidy, it's around uh, 5.0 billion. And that is a breakdown uh, mass participation at six, six, 600 million. And then community library at around 1.2 billion. And then community library service grant uh, capital at 310 uh, million. And the departmental agency at around 1.6 billion. Next slide. And then transfer under foreign and governance and international organization is about 5.7 million. Uh, public cooperation uh, current is 104 million. And then public cooperation capital is 606,000. Household, uh, the total budget is there is about 28 million. And then non-profit institution current is 366 million. And non-profit institution is about 21 million, and higher education institution is about 7 million. Next slide. Uh, payments on the capital asset, the overall budget for 22-23 is 206 million. And the, the breakdown says follows a machinery and equipment around the budget of 12 million. And then heritage asset, the budget there is 193 million. Next slide. Uh, this is our earmark fund. Uh, uh, for capital works, uh, infrastructure for public entities is uh, 193 million. A legacy project is 12 million. A legacy project on heritage asset is 235 million. And capital works upgrading of public space, community arts center, and curators program is 5 million. A community library national is 26 million. 
Mzanzi Golden uh, Economy, 307 million, and National Film and Video Foundation is 149 million. Oversight and support for sports infrastructure project in municipality is around 6 million. Uh, Penn South African Language Board is 123 million. Sports Federation is 117 million. Uh, the Sports Trust is 25 million. And Love Life is 39 million. And MGE is 440 million. Uh, next slide. Uh, community Library Service Grant is around 310 million. And Community Library Service Grant current uh, is uh, 1.2 billion. Uh, composition of employees related to that uh, grant is 376 million. And mass participation sports development grant is 603. And uh, next slide. Uh, this is uh, the breakdown of the conditional grant in terms of mass participation sports development grant. Uh, uh, Eastern Cape is 70 million, uh, Free State is 41 million, Houdi is 102 million, Kwazulu Natal is 97 million, Limpopo is 64 million, Mpumalang is 52 million, Northwest is 47 million, and Northern Cape is 35 million, and Western Cape is 91 million. Uh, and this one is the conditional grant on community library and service grant. Uh, total is 1.5 billion. Uh, with that breakdown between current and capital, uh, for Eastern Cape uh, is 141 million. For current and capital is 39 million. Free State is 169 million for current, and then the capital is 14 million. Gauteng is 162 for current, and then 11 million for capital. And then Guazulu Natal is 106 uh, for current and then 80 million for capital. And Limpopo is 98 uh, million for current and then 54 for capital. And then Mpumalang is 122 million uh, for current and then 46 million for capital. And then Northwest is 113 uh, for current and then uh, 30. 9 million for capital. And then Northern Cape is 157 million. Uh, for current and then uh, 23 million for capital and then western cape is 188 uh, million for current and 1.5 million uh, for capital uh, next slide thank you chair that will be the end of the presentation on the mtf budget thank you yeah. okay dj dj Yes honorable chair we are we are done with our presentation and would like to thank you for the opportunity thanks very much okay thanks teacher members hear the presentation anyone to have a chair no chair please help me i'm not quite sure whether i'm going to see the hands Hello. Hello. Yeah, I think um there's a hand of honorable Christians, eh? Mhm. Honorable Christian. Thank you, chairperson. Um I'm also going to leave my um uh video off due to network issues. Um I have a few questions, um not very many. I'll submit the rest in writing to the department. Uh my first quick or my first comment that I would like to make it is about the 
440 million that has been set aside for the cultural and creative industries. Now, it is very encouraging that this intervention is going to take place to combat the, in, uh, the, the impact of COVID-19 um, on the cultural and creative industries. I think that this area of our industry really, really needs a boost to stay alive and to stay um, relevant. Now, additionally, there appears to be an increase in the number of um, entities that are experiencing operational funding shortfalls. For example, um, recently the Ditsong Museum presented their case to the committee. And um, I see that there are seven entities in the 2022-23 budget where funding has been prioritized to assist these entities. All these entities are also museums, which is very worrying. Um, my question is, how will this funding be managed and reported on? And how will the select committee be kept updated on the progress that these museums are making? Now, as I said, while it is encouraging that um, quite a bit of money has been allocated for these industries and for these entities, I want to specifically um, go to the William Humphreys Art Gallery in Kimberley, which I see is one of the museums or art galleries that has been earmarked for uh, funding. Now, my question there is, when will that gallery be getting the needed attention? And how will that money be rolled out? What is the time frame, et cetera, if we can be given a little bit more information on that. Additionally, the Barclay West Museum, also in the Northern Cape, has now been closed for a number of years, even before the pandemic. That museum has been, um, in fact, it's dilapidated. Um, most of the things there has been stolen. The windows are broken. The infrastructure is dilapidated. Now, this um, museum in Barclay West used to, used to be a treasure trove of information, especially with regards to the early history, history of the alluvial diamond mining in South Africa. So people used to go there and they, you know, it used to really be a nice museum, small, but give, gives a lot of information about the history of South Africa. Now this museum is closed for a number of years. It is dilapidated. How much funding is going to this particular museum in Barclay West? Uh, or will the department or the province not be looking at reviving um, this particular museum? Additionally, in Barclay West as well, the library there, a relatively new library. If I'm not mistaken, that library isn't even more than five years old. But just recently, that library has also been closed because it's experiencing infrastructure and funding issues. Now, how will this library and others like the Kimberley City Library be revived with regards to infrastructure and funding? I think that it is very concerning that most of our libraries and museums are really um, just basically just falling apart. And my last question is, um, what measures are being put in place to ensure that all this funding that is being allocated to not only the creative industries, but also to museums and libraries for intervention are managed effectively? And um, additionally, that these intended beneficiaries are not disadvantaged by poor planning and implementation. Um, how will the department also give us, keep us in the loop and give us continued feedback with regard to the rollout of this funding? Thank you very much, Chairperson.
Thank you, Honorable Christian. Kando? It's uh, me, Okay. Okay, Comrade Gillian. Honorable Gillian, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Chairperson. Um, as I've indicated before, I'm okay. I'm going to leave my video off because of bad network. Um, Chairperson, let me first of all welcome the presentation by the department. Um, I hope the DM is still in the meeting because I am going to ask if the DM is not here, then the DG must, must, must give me an answer. It's not a question on the presentation. It is a comment that I want to make even last week. This committee received the presentation by States SA. Um, DG, I am representing the Western Cape in the NCOP. Part of that report of States SA was very, very alarming. When Mr. Maluleki himself gave us a background of what racism States SA experienced in the Western Cape. And it did not only come from one part of the community, but from all denominations in the West. It is very alarming. And um, my comment in that meeting was the following, that when the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture will come in front of the select committee, I will also pose the question to you. The issues that was raised is, I don't think it fits in the democratic South Africa after so many years. So what I would love to ask from this department, what kind of social cohesion programs are you running within the Western Cape? so many years into a democratic South Africa where everybody um, must be treated equally. We, are, we, we still got this um, racism, I can't call it another word, at States SA experience in the Western Cape. The field workers were, were really humiliated from all communities in the Western Cape, white, African, colored. And I think this department got a role to play in assisting South Africa to get social cohesion. I, I really need to know what kind of programs are you running in the Western Cape to, to get social cohesion, to assist us in getting this racism that still exists in the Western Cape out of the way or to minimize it. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Gillian. Tando? 
Any hand? There's no other hand, Chair. Chairperson. Hello? Mbulelo Paha. Mbulelo? Yes, Chair. All right. Thank you, Chair. Chair, let's uh, <clears throat> first welcome the presentation as, as done by the department. Um, but mine is just to get a sense that uh, there were artists um, who were unhappy with how um, issues relating to compensation um, during the COVID-19 period who felt that they were hard done by the department. I just want to get a sense, Chairperson, is that still the case or has that been resolved? And if it's been resolved, how has, the, has it been dealt with? That's just one, one question that I had, Chairperson. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, Honorable Baha. Any member? Tando? There's no other hand, Chair. Oh, okay. Thanks, Tando. Okay, let me ask myself now. Did him, in program one, the department added a new indicator on the number of Izimbizos yelled between political principles and the community regarding issues around sports, arts, and culture. How will the department ensure that such Izimbizos are effective? How will these resolutions from the Izimbizos be incorporated into the department's programs? How much budget will allocate towards the Izimbizos given the reduction in the program one budget? Two, have, have all the critical vacant positions been filled by the department? If not, what is the delaying the process? The last one. In program two, recreation development and as promo, promotion has such reduced in both nominal terms and inflation adjusted. What are the reasons for the reduced, reduced budget? What implication will be budget reduction have on sports and recreation? Thank you, DJ. Uh, can you please, CFO, give me the difference? I'm sorry, I'm a layman. When you're talking about the current and the capital, what is the difference? Can you please, you just help me. Thanks. <laughs> Didi, over to you. Yes. Or, Thank you, Honorable Yes, I'm here, Honorable Dongeni. DM, yes, DM is still around. Didi? Um, I'm trying to check. Yeah, um, still around or it's gone? If yeah. it's not, you can carry on. No thanks, uh, Honourable uh, Dongeni, uh, interim chair. Can I then uh, just uh, request um, uh, first? I think um, Mr. Dema on the issue of the museums uh, that has been raised, as well as the library. Um, uh, concerns uh, from Honorable Christian, and then I will ask um, uh, the to, uh, Mr. Sorry, the DDG um, uh, Chikwatamba 
uh, supported by DDG on the issue of the very desperate situation on the on the racism and the vis-a-vis social cohesion programs. And, and then I ask uh, Chairperson that, uh, uh, or as well as uh, DDG Kumal will then deal with uh, the issue of the Honorable Bakas question. Um, uh, and then the CFO knows what to do. Uh, but also DDG Chikwadam can touch on the issue of the Zimbizos as raised by the Honorable Interim Chair, Honorable Dongeni. Um, and then I will just uh, fill in the gaps if there are any. DDG Ndema. So, sorry, Chair. Sorry, DJ. Sorry, DJ. That's one question I forgot. On your APP, does not stipulate how it plans to support athletics. I'm going to start and then you will come after the Ah, Ah, boo. Honorable Dema, mute, please. Thank you, DJ. Sorry, sorry, apologies, Honorable Chair. Okay. On your APP, does not stipulate how it plans to support athletics to prepare for the 2024 Olympics Games. Are there any program and funds that the department has set aside for the 2024 Olympic Games to ensure that the country wins more medals? Thanks, sorry about the delay. Ne? No, thanks, Honorable uh, Interim Chair. I think um, um, we will respond. Uh, Honorable Jekan uh, is here. Um, Honorable uh, Mr. Ndima. Uh, 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 good, uh, good morning, uh, Honorable Chair and uh, Honorable Members. Uh, DG, it's Pulenkekana here. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Ndima is in the Eastern Cape on uh, on official uh, assignment there. I'm attending with, uh, with Tembi Malau who will address all the questions uh, regarding the museums. I just wanted to comment on the question that uh, the specific question relating to the Buckley West Library. Uh, The Buckley West Library was undergoing some uh, refurbishment and that is the reason why it was closed because it had a leaking roof. Uh, But the library is now operational. In fact, uh, in uh, in April, just recently, we had an, uh, an, an event there uh, celebrating the um, reading there. So uh, the library, as we speak, is um, is operational. But also, as members would have realized, <clears throat> in the budget when the CFO was presenting, there's a capital budget uh, as well as ca- uh, current budget. The capital budget is meant to support provinces in terms of uh, building and constructing new libraries, but also refurbishment and maintenance. So where there is... Um, uh, issues regarding uh, maintenance, uh, provinces are able to tap into that budget um, to address um, um, those challenges. Let me hand over to to Tembi to address the issues uh, relating to the museums. Thank you very much, Titi. Tembi? Pauline, you did not show your face uh, so that honorable members can see you are not a robot. Uh, please, colleagues, when you speak, you just show your face and then you close and as you continue to respond. Tembi. Good, good morning. Uh, thank you, DG. Uh, good morning to the honorable chairperson and honorable members. Uh, I will then switch off my video. Um, 
Thank you for the question, honorable members. Uh, indeed, um, our museums um, across the country, both uh, museums that fall under the national department and, and, and those that fall under local and provincial government head were heavily affected by the pandemic. And some were actually, when the pandemic um, spread out, um, some of our museums were already uh, experiencing financial challenges. And um, it is true that uh, some of the museums, as the one that has been mentioned, its own and uh, William Humphreys Art Gallery in the Northern Cape, where provided some financial uh, intervention was made to towards their operations. Uh, how they will be, how the department will ensure that the funds that have been added to their allocations will be properly managed. I think uh, we we believe that in the in the normal um, quarterly reports, uh, annual reports, and the quarterly visits that the department through our portfolio that is responsible for our entities, uh, this will be monitored. Um, and also to say that the additional funds that were given to these museums where additional funds towards their operations. So they will be able to assist the museums to operate optimally. With regards to the Buckley West Museum, um, honorable member, I think the mm -hmm. department may have to engage the, I think it's a pro, I think it falls under a provincial uh, oh. department, uh, but we will, from the department side, we will engage the relevant authority uh, that should be responsible for this museum to to to, uh, to to find out what the challenges are and what are the plans with regards to ensuring that the museum is operational and it is returned back to uh, how it was previously managed. Thank you, Gigi, and thank you, honorable members. Mm -hmm. No, thanks, Honorable Chair Nongeni. Uh, 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 Can I then ask uh, TDG um, uh, Chikwatamba? Good morning, uh, Honorable Members, and good morning, Chair and TJ, uh, Deputy Minister. Um, I'm, I'm not going to keep my video for, for long. I, I think I'm already being warned on my network. So if you allow me just to greet and flip, uh, close my... Um, starting with the question on the social uh, cohesion-related programs in the Eastern Cape, I think um, what I should first uh, indicate is that we have a social cohesion advocates um, that are spread across the, the provinces. And of course, over time, uh, which is something we are currently addressing, um, some have become inactive. But if I'm speaking about Western Cape in particular, we are left with uh, two active uh, social cohesion advocates there. 
um, the programs uh, that they are running are programs that, um, if I may just give high-level summary, programs that are focused on uh, communities, first uh, assisting communities in terms of uh, their leadership structures, how to deal with uh, social issues. So it's uh, more of a community community leader empowerment program. And then there are programs where they would uh, go directly and uh, assist uh, working with these uh, local structures, whether it's issues of peace building, where there have been uh, issues of uh, social unrest of uh, different dimensions. So they would assist in that regard uh, with conflict resolution mechanisms, uh, whether training or just engaging as well as facilitators. Um, They would also have youth-focused interventions, uh, empowering youth uh, to cope within their environment, um, GPVF-related um, uh, programs, uh, assisting assisting uh, those that are affected directly or indirectly, um, just uh, tracing uh, the source of uh, the social ills as they would as well go into communities and do a scan to say what is um, a, a challenge within that particular community. Um, so uh, it's that kind of uh, mix of um, uh, interventions and greatly they would be guided uh, by the communities they engage with. So even in the case of what has been raised here, perhaps I should uh, receive that uh, comment as an invitation that says uh, perhaps we can go closer to the member and hear hear the specific uh, locality being referred to. And uh, from there, perhaps we can work out a a program. Um, But um, added to that, uh, the social cohesion in in conclusion, uh, they also um, support other initiatives of the department in terms of the social the social dialogues that we are running. So we would be using them as uh, facilitators uh, in those uh, uh, social dialogues or community dialogues. Um, I think uh, from there, also being mindful of time, I can move uh, to the imbizos. The Imbizos, it's an initiative that uh, is appearing if members compare our APP, this one, and the previous one. It's a new indicator, as mentioned. So we have started this being mindful of the fact that um, as we were finalizing our thoughts around these Imbizos, were uh, um, clear uh, in terms of information that we are receiving that um, uh, government at large is also planning some invisos, which will be the presidential invisos, and the provinces as well, they have their own invisos. However, we still still took a stand to say we shall have um, physical invisos at least in each province. So the budget is based on at least an appearance with an inviso in each and every province, since we have about nine imbizos uh, planned. Um, and then the budget for this is uh, tagged to our budget um, that we use for uh, community conversations, uh, for the national days, as, as well as linked to the moral regeneration program. So we, we are just taking a percentage, about 10% of that amount of money, 
uh, which we said it will be put set aside or put aside for us to run the Invisos, which gives um, uh, us at least immediate uh, seed fund of about 500k uh, per, per province, knowing that some of the things uh, that we shall have to um, uh, prov- provide in preparations for the logistics for the imbizos. They may come from the provinces because we don't go into an imbizo in the province by ourselves. This is more like a partnership uh, uh, engagement and program with uh, our partner department in the province. So in our way of doing things, they would uh, contribute as well to our plan because it's a joint plan. And then um, talking to the issue of uh, the key, yeah, the key uh, or priority uh, they can pose, uh, if they have been filled or not, those critical positions, they have all been filled. Um, we have the CFO here. Um, we have also filled uh, the position of uh, Chief Internal Audit Executive. Um, We also have filled the position of uh, Chief Director, uh, Human Resource Management and Development. So all the critical positions have been filled, uh, Chairperson and members. Thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, Can I then take DDG Kumalo? Um, thank you very much, um, uh, DG. I am hoping I am audible. I am in the Northern Cape, um, the Northern part of it, actually. So also I'm going to switch off, um, request to switch off my video, um, Honorable Chair. Um, Honorable uh, Chair and, and members, I am going to be responding to the question on um, the issue of the relief and uh, the disgruntlement that came through evidently um, from the artist. Uh, I would respond to uh, actually say, um, indeed, as far as uh, the department is concerned, um, we did our best uh, to meet the challenges that the artists were faced with, especially during the COVID-19, um, um, the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and there were a number of interventions that were put in place. And, and um, if I were to provide the honorable members with a round figure um, of how much support we, we provided, um, it stood at um, ultimately uh, by the end of March, uh, starting from the time when um, the, the relief fund uh, was being dispersed to the end of March 2022. Uh, it stood at more than 800 million, uh, which is um, 811 million to be exact, which was the total amount. Uh, that came through reprioritization um, of our own budget um, as a department. Uh, we're taking cognizance of the importance of this relief. The department had to go back to its programs and reprioritize and find the money uh, to go towards this relief. Um, and then uh, included in this uh, 811 million that was ultimately dispersed is um, the allocation that we um, were given by the National Treasury towards the Presidential Employment Stimulus Program. 
uh, with which we were also able to support uh, the industry. So just uh, talking to this 811 million that was ultimately uh, provided, I I need to also indicate to the honorable members that um, a smaller figure of that 811 million um, would include a, a, some of the support that went to the athletes, but the, um, about more than 95% went to the creative industry. This intervention that I'm talking about, Honorable Chair and members, um, was made up of a relief fund that was phased into three, phase one, two, and three, and also the partnerships that we managed to secure um, where as a department, we partnered with the Department of Small Business and Development and we contributed enough amount uh, of budget um, to meet the needs uh, of specific uh, genres, for instance, the area of craft, the area of visual uh, arts, and then also the partnerships that we secured with the Solidarity Fund where we were able to also secure some support. So just looking at the relief fund only, um, a, a total amount of 197 million was dispersed. So out of the 811 million uh, honorable chair that I'm talking about, 197 million of that was just made up of the reprioritization that was done by the department um, looking at its own budget. And it ultimately benefited more than 21,000 creatives um, uh, uh, in in the country. The balance uh, of of the amount is 613 million uh, honorable chair that uh, benefited a total of 37,557 um, um, creatives uh, within the industry. So the total number of beneficiaries, as it were, that we managed uh, through reprioritization and through PESP to support um, is uh, standing at more than 59,000, just in terms of the number of beneficiaries. And this figure is actually inclusive of uh, some of the organizations and enterprises that the department uh, supported. So indeed, to answer the honorable member's question, we believe as a department, um, we did our best um, to assist the creative industry uh, during this challenging time, more especially. However, uh, honorable chair, I need to also emphasize the fact that there were a lot of lessons that we also learned. Therefore, one of the interventions that we have commenced with as a department is the development of a database uh, so that we we have clarity around um, who is a creative in this country. Because what we found is that we got a number of applications coming through for relief funding. Um, You know, with uh, some of the applicants actually sending their applications more than once, twice or three times. And you will find that the information um, pertaining to whether or not that person is a creative uh, is not really uh, sustained sufficiently. Um, Some of the proof that we required was, um, 
you know, uh, letters of confirmation from the sector organizations, letters of confirmations, for instance, uh, from the community leaders uh, within the space where the creative industry reside, etc. However, going forward, um, so that we are we fully structure our interventions and we also know who we are supporting, we have embarked uh, on this uh, process of the development of the database where the creatives would be registered and we can then be able to deal um, with the interventions more in a more focused and, and sustainable uh, manner. So, um, Honorable um, Chairperson and members, uh, that, that is how I would um, uh, respond to the question in terms of the amount of budget ultimately dispersed and the number of beneficiaries that benefited from um, the, 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 the interventions that the department put in place to address the challenges of the creative during COVID-19, but also touching um, on the lessons learned and um, the interventions we are putting forward so that we don't have a recurrence uh, of the, some of the challenges we experience as a department. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you, DG. Thanks, DDG. DDG Khan, the issue of the support to athletes and the getting better medals and uh, uh, um in the next Olympic. Sumaya. Sorry, DG. Um, thank you very much, uh, DG. Good morning to the chairperson and good morning uh, to the members and to DG, DM, uh, DG and colleagues. Um, uh, chairperson, just to respond to the question around the budget reductions in program two, um, the pro, it's, it was about 4 million rands that, was, that the budget was reduced from the last financial year. And I think it was something that was informed by Treasury taking into consideration the CPI, etc. So there's a small reduction. And this was actually, some of it came out of the earmarked funding and also through other line items as well. So it was a small reduction um, in terms of the budget. Um, Chairperson, in terms of the, the issue around athletics, Athletics is one of the priority codes of sport. And yes, we do support all of our federations, at least about 60 of our federations. And our budget is very limited in terms of the support that we give to these federations. We have about 117 million rands that we have to transfer to plus minus 60 sporting codes. But in the case of athletics, in the last financial year, we have allocated 5.7 million rands to them. And in terms of the support, we provided support towards administration costs as well as towards the programs. Um, Madam Chair, in, with regard to support to athletics towards the, um, the Olympic Games in 2024, 
Now, if you look at the major events, major preparation, team preparation for major multi-coded events like the Olympic Games, like the Commonwealth Games, etc., the responsibility is very clear in terms of the act that it's, it lies with the federations themselves to prepare the athletes for these uh, events and also with the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee. But from our side, we also look at the prospect of the codes uh, and the medals and the medals that they have, uh, the, uh, the, the prospect of them getting medals as well. And we try and provide some support to SASCOC so that they can then identify those athletes who have the potential of winning medals at major international events. And it's not only confined to athletics, there are other codes of sports as well. Um, but holistically, between ourselves and with SASCOC, Madam Chair, if we look at the last Olympic Games and in preparation for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games, we have already started to review the team performance of Team South Africa at the Olympic Games last year. There, is an, there was an independent uh, service provider who has done that review. We're just waiting the final report of that review. And in addition, Madam Chair, in preparation or as a dry run towards the Paris 2024 Olympic Games, there is the Commonwealth Games taking place in Birmingham in July this year. So many of the athletes that have been identified and will participate there are actually those who are also uh, preparing for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. Um, with regard to support to athletics as a whole, Madam Chair, if you look at um, the African Championships that just took place, the Senior African Championships, we committed to assist them with that championships. And if you look at the, uh, the performance, the, the championships took place in Mauritius. Uh, South Africa fielded 89 athletes at that event, and 36 of them uh, received podium places. 9 gold, 13 silver, and 14 bronze. And they finished second on the medal table behind Kenya. And we have provided, we have committed to providing support to them, to the African Championships. Um, so that, uh, Madam Chair, is a response towards the, um, the question around athletics. Uh, Gigi, I think I've covered um, those questions that came from uh, around the uh, program too. Thank you very much, Chair. No, thank you very much, Didiji. Maybe Honorable Chairperson, uh, starting with the, the issue of the athletics and the preparations for France or Paris, is that um, also uh, the interventions uh, that uh, we'll be making as we continue with the support of the elite athletes is, is working with SASCOC. The minister and the president of SASCOC have set a team, uh, which include, led by myself from the department, as well as led by the CEO of SASCOC, to review the previous uh, dismal performance of the team uh, in the last Olympics in Japan. So we are working on that in a scientific team, properly and a diagnosis of the problem. Uh, SASCOC uh, commissioned the University of Cape Town uh, 
so that they have some independence in the review. But the team is, is finalizing that um, now that the report has come uh, for us now to process that report and look at the interventions based on the areas of weaknesses that the report would have identified, uh, whether it's in preparations, whether it's in funding, uh, areas that need to be strengthened. But in a nutshell, uh, Chairperson, uh, we should be able to come back at some point to the select committee uh, with uh, that um, particular intervention plan that we would have uh, developed and um, and then be able to indicate what is being done. At the same time, with the programs we have on the elite uh, athletes, as well as the funding we provide to SASCOG, when they prepare teams, we have a special budget that would normally provide to assist in the team preparation for Olympics. Um, but we want to really see the, a big change both in terms of performance and reflection of the team in terms of demography of South Africa as they go there. But we must say, Jefferson, that there are a number of constraints that um, the issue of the budget of the department and looking at the fact that sport is not played by someone who is uh, like uh, sick and therefore you go to hospital. It's for every citizen. So if we say you've got 60 million citizens and you have a department funded at 6 billion rand and that money is spent outside of the department, it is a challenge. And that is why Minister have, uh, have also decided we still pursue the issue of the tax incentives or some incentives that can be provided to the private sector so that they come on board to provide funding which will assist us to really address the issues. Because in this country, we are talking about one is to 5,000 people um, for, the, for each coach. When you look at Australian model, you look at UK model, they would be talking of one is to 40 or one is to 100. Yet we are having a death of talent uh, of, of skilled coaches. So then you've got the issue of infrastructure. Uh, which then becomes an inhibiting factor uh, in terms of where do we practice when kids do not have opportunities to go and uh, train just for the, they've never seen the track. They don't know how to get hold of it, to use the hurdle. So these are the things, the swimming pools, but we need also the metros, which is one of the things also that has been raised from our side that the metros should be able to also refine budget like MIG, because MIG is only targeting local uh, municipalities. But what about the metros who have billions of friends, almost I don't know how many times compared to the department, but they hardly budget for issues of sport. They will prioritize other things and they don't have a refined budget. As a support will require also from the lead from parliament so that we are able to have this money uh, being stretched and not look only at national uh, to do this. But in the short term, we are then working with SASCOG to look at mechanisms, but also to just make sure that athletes who have potential 
in terms of medal, which we call medal hopefuls, are really given opportunity for training uh, in time. And then while we build a pipeline for future champions and, and winning medal, more medals going to the Olympics. Then on the issue chairperson that has been raised around the, the funding and, and the support to the sector, I can just emphasize the point. This is a concurrent function in terms of the constitution. Now, one of the things that we had to do was to then engage with the provinces to also see how they can best support uh, creatives as well as athletes in their provinces so that we are able to assist more creatives. It is unfortunate that most people will look at national when in fact we, there's no clarity how much money is being appropriated for sport by provinces in their own allocations. And that then makes everybody look at national. And it's something that has to change. Provinces have to have in their own budget for sport, arts, and culture so that they support then the athletic. So in this area, we had to also chairperson Honorable assist by saying we went to Treasury to get more money to be refinanced uh, from the very same um, uh, budget that we had, the DORA grant, so that they can be sure that they can access more money and assist more athletes at a provincial level. And, and these are some of the systemic issues that for us to achieve excellence in our sport and be able to support also our creatives, uh, all spheres of government have a duty to see how they budget and support local artists who then become eventually our national stars and, and icons at the end of the day. So we are now having those meetings where Salka attends our meetings uh, so that we engage and create this partnership on seeing how we can collaborate. And, and Salka attends the minister and MEC's meetings and then we share on how best they can assist us in this regard. But I believe sometimes the focus is skewed towards national when this is supposed to be a all government and spheres are supposed to provide support to the creatives, then we'll reach more. And but also we will then develop better uh, the creative sector and the and the sporting sector. Chairperson, those are just the points. Otherwise, my colleagues, on the issue of racism in Western Cape, I think Honorable Kilian is correct. It is a big challenge. Uh, the interventions we're making uh, might not uh, reach as many and achieve as much change as we want uh, in, the, in the Western Cape. And it is something that requires concerted effort. And uh, for us, the programs might only touch here and there, I understood that the Honorable Killian was saying it's not just some communities, but it was affecting almost everyone um, who was a part and parcel of the status A and volunteers who were busy doing the implementing the program uh, of census. So I, I think it is a problem. It is not enough um, uh, for us to have such minimal programs. Uh, it requires really a concerted effort by all and working together um, to try and change the mindset 
uh, that is, is still very pervasive of a white supremacy vis-a-vis inferiority um, complex uh, that is there, resulting in serious racism. So I, I think um, we will appreciate any support uh, that we can also get to expand our footprint and have more social cohesion advocates in the Western Cape to work together with the, the society and target communities about the change of mindset. But it is not going to be easy because majority of people who might have this sense of white superiority will or even, even from abroad will prefer to have a destination in Western Cape. So it's how do we change that mindset that Western Cape is not an exclusive for a superior race, but it's for everyone in this country. And that is about social cohesion programs we need to make. While we don't forget other areas uh, similar and with the same racist tendency and practices that keep raising the ugly head we don't want. So we will ask for it. We work and collaborate with the NCOP on how best we can address that, starting with the, the Western Cape. Thank you very much. Thank you, DJ. Okay, I'm back, Chair. Oh, okay. Thank yes. you, Jim. Thank you so Jim. much. Uh, I, I know that uh, I get cut off and then get on again, but I just wanted to, I, I listened to the responses from the officials from the department, and I really want to appreciate how they have clarified certain issues. And I just wanted to reconfirm the fact that Izimbizo and, and the social cohesion programs are actually meant to complement each other in terms of making sure that we get closer to our people. Because one of the big issues is the fact that communities always complain about the fact that they, they are not in touch with the government. So what we then try to do with Izimbizo and the social cohesion programs is to try and bridge that gap. And of course, it's, it might not be enough. And the members of the, of the NCOP uh, could help us around here because they are closer to the people and they are on the ground. So they can be able to assist us and actually say to us here and there, we think you should do more programs. And there's more that can be done. I just wanted to appreciate that. And just to, to also confirm that for the 2024 uh, Paris Olympics, we are all on the same page in the fact that we want more medals there. And therefore, uh, when DG and DDG Sumaya were saying we are having interactions with Saskok on that, and the fact that DM, DM, is assisting us to actually perfect the programs. Uh, uh, DM, yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm ma'am. sorry. I'm sorry. You can take it less if the as much about Usumaya, the city, Wamka, Walashega. 
Oh, okay. I'm back now. Okay. I'm saying, yes. am I back now? now? So you can hear me properly. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was saying it's as much as Usumaya and Udidiji Usumaya and Udidji were clarifying the issue about how we want the team to perform well for the 2024 Olympics in Paris. We also want to confirm that it is also our interest as much as the select committee is their interest. And we will be coming back to you once we have put together a strategy to brief the select committee so that you are on the loop on what is it that we want to make sure that that team performs well in, in Paris. Thank you very much, Chair, and thank you very much for the for the questions and the recommendations that you have raised because they also assist the the department to perfect the programs and make sure that here and there we tweak and make it work as the members have raised. And and one is confirming and committing to the fact that we will come back and brief the select committee on progress made on some of the issues. Thank you very much, Chair. Okay, thank you, TM. But DG, CFO uh, didn't answer my question or didn't explain to me the difference between the yeah. current and capital. Always. No, thanks, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, the difference between the capital and current, uh, current is more into maintenance budget of libraries. And then capital, it will be on the construction of the uh, new libraries, including rehabilitations, the major rehabilitation of a library. Uh, thank you. So the capital is in the major expenditure, and then current is a small expenditure. Thank you. But in your report, the current is more than the capital, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> Yes, because uh, you are maintaining already what is there uh, because you've got many of libraries already, Chair. So you are only building few, the new ones. Okay. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Members, any follow-up questions? Tando? Tando? Uh, there's nothing, Chair. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, where is Chair? Not yet, Peg. Not yet. Okay. Let me close the meeting. Thank you, TM and the DG for availing yourselves in this meeting. We appreciate that. Because when you are not in the meeting, TM, because it's APP, you're supposed to. We own Yako. That's why this is CE guy in the Banama Bacon meeting. But again, all in that, we are, we are, thank you for that. We appreciate that. Let's see next time what we can do. We hear what you are saying, DG, but you know, we're not promising anything. We can do what you, we can do. But on that note, thank you very much. Let's close the meeting. The meeting is adjourned. No, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Dongeni, and uh, the members and the Deputy Minister. Uh, colleagues, thanks very much.
Thank you very much, Chair and the honorable members. Thank you very, very much. Oh, Recording stop. Bye, everyone. Okay, thank you. We are going to one. Bye, 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 You and the younger.